Good evening, everyone. Welcome back. An exciting weekend for the Cincinnati Bearcats as they went into Dallas, took on the 16th-ranked SMU Mustangs, who sat at 5-0 on the year. Cincinnati coming in at 3-0, ranked number nine in the country, defeating SMU 42-13. And what a game, really. I'm very mad that I picked against them. Never doing that again. Uh, and, it, you know, the score isn't quite indicative of the game itself. The game was actually a lot closer than the score reveals. The, the last two touchdowns that were scored were actually scored um, in the fourth quarter. Uh, one of them by Desmond Ritter on a, was that 93-yard, 91-yard touchdown run, my mistake. And another touchdown run from Jared Dokes late in the game to really seal the fate of SMU. So, Alex, you called the game. Uh, I didn't get to watch most of it, but what did you see that you liked and what did you see that you did not like? Well, I think you have to start with the defense and just the... Oh, uh, Sean McMahon joined by Alex Frank. Always you, forget oh, to introduce. Okay, um, you know what's exciting week? We'll, we'll let that slide. Um... I think you have to start with the defense. You really have to start with the defense. Um, when you limit an offense that had given up 500 and four, that had accrued 540 yards per game coming in and over 40 points coming in and you hold them to 13 points and 313 yards of offense. That is, um, that, that's just unbelievable considering that you hadn't played in three weeks. You're playing on the road in their environment. SMU had all the momentum in the world from their first five games, and they had some good wins. Uh, Memphis, Tulane, and you go in there with all the uncertainty, all the questions, and, you know, can you compete with this team if it gets into a shootout? And, you, and it wasn't even a shootout. The Bearcats destroyed them by 29. And, like... The first possession, I should have known the first possession. Joel DeBlanco gets in the backfield. Jarrell White is in the backfield. I mean, they're wreaking havoc on Shane Bouchelle and their running backs. At least he's Benley the fourth. That was an unbelievable solid performance by the Bearcats defense. Mind and, you, ladies and gentlemen, that 13 points is not because of a missed extra point. That is one touchdown and two field goals. I figured it out earlier today on sports any way you want it. The Bearcats have given up Four touchdowns all season on the off uh, four offensive touchdowns. That is one per game. Yeah. That's impressive. That's so you thought the defense was good in 2018 or last year. This is the best it's ever been. It really is. I mean you know, we've mentioned a lot of times before, um, that 2018 defensive line, I thought I couldn't replace that. Boy, were we wrong. Uh because <laughs> yeah, you know, it's something that you have mentioned time and time and again, Alex, that you know, Marcus Freeman is the kind of guy who doesn't look at who's on the line, who's in my linebacker core, who's at my state, whatever. You know, he is able to rotate guys in and out. He's able to figure out schemes as opposed to players to help solve the, um, the I would call it the SMU, I don't even know what to call it, like the, not even a crisis. Well, I don't, I'm not sure what, what I'm looking for here, but the problem of SMU's high-powered offense, and, and he did a great job shutting them down. Um, you know, one thing that really frustrated me, and I feel like this is every Bearcats game, but 
man, I feel like those penalties, holy cow. It felt there like it one. At, I mean, some of them were justifiable against the Bearcats, but some of them were just ridiculous. Did they have more penalty yards, almost more penalty yards than passing yards. That, is, and that, they sounds, still, that sounds like that. And they still won by 29? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's impressive, but, you know... Really great game from the Bears. I mean, we probably should have been, we should have been destroying them sooner than we did. Uh, I feel like it should have been forty-two to thirteen in the third quarter. Frankly, I feel like that's kind of UC UC style. Is we should be destroying teams, but for some reason we just struggle. We just we just do like even Austin P. Like we gave up twenty points. You know what I mean? We gave up two. They, they are, we gave up the most touchdowns to Austin P. So what does that say? That's a lot. That this defense is only getting better. It really is because I mean, and you it's look at, look at who they played. Army. First of all, triple options hard to defend. And they held them to three points. And we had a terrible game against um, USF. Lots of turnovers. <laughs> and the defense was on the field a lot, but they held out to one touchdown. And then you go, you travel to Dallas. After having, after having not played for three weeks, and you give up one touchdown. Two field goals, but one touchdown. And, that, I mean, two field goals is minuscule. That's nothing. That's a victory. That's, that's a victory. Well, people might look at it and go, oh, they still gave up 13. Yeah, but that's one touchdown. That's one touchdown. You know what I mean? That's just, that really is impressive. They, they have gotten better. It, 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 and hopefully that trend continues into this weekend, which we will get to. But let's go back and take a look. Um, you look at the passing yards here from Ritter. We'll, we'll talk about him quite a bit. Don't worry. Uh, 13 of 21 for 126 yards. One touchdown. That was to Josh Wiley. Uh, it was a clean game. QBR of 97.6. I don't think he, Ritter had no turnovers. The only turnovers that came in from the game were from Jerome Ford and from Jared Dokes, both on fumbles. Uh, Jared Dokes had it really smacked out. Uh, and then Jerome Ford just couldn't get down on the ground. And they just got knocked out of his hands. And he was not ready for it. And then it got recovered by SMU. But anyway, um, rushing yards. Listen to this. Your quarterback led the way with eight carries and 179 yards. Average 22.4 Scored three touchdowns on the run, and his longest was that ninety-one yard. How awesome read was that? Option. That was that was a that was probably Desmond Ritter's career highlight, and I'm not even kidding. You want to talk about coming into a game with so many question marks surrounding you, and I had I had a lot of questions. Uh, we all did, and one of the one of the uh, concerns was. Ritter had not been running the football well. Okay. So, what, did he have 75 rushing yards through the first three games? Yeah, he doubled that and then some on Saturday alone with 179 and three touchdowns. It's That run was not only the the dagger in the game, but, you know, sort of a statement as if, hey, I'm still here. I can still run the football. Yeah, I may not be throwing for a lot of yards, but, hey, I make up for it by running it. And I, I mentioned this earlier today. If since... The way Cincinnati wins games is they're not they're not the kind of team that can throw the ball around. You know, SMU has Shane Bouchelle, Memphis has Brady White, 
uh, UCF is Dylan Gabriel, and yeah, they'll throw the ball 500 yards a game, but what UC is able to do is they're a balanced team. They're a team that can, you know, they, they, they can throw the football. I'm not saying they can, but it's not their forte on offense. Their MO is we're going to ground and pound you. Our offensive line, which played really well, sorry for that. Um, the offensive line is we're going to ground and pound. The offensive and, line's been holding up well. And that's with two new starters on Saturday, Dylan yeah. Quinn and Jake Renfro. Yeah, I I think they're doing great. James Hudson's been he's been a stud. He's been, uh, he's been a stud. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean nothing short of that. I mean he's playing are, with a chip on his shoulder right now. Yeah, no, he really is. I agree, I, and rightfully so. I mean, you saw a couple of couple of plays where it was Jared Dokes and I think the Ritter run where he threw his hands up in the air like celebrating a touchdown. He was like, as soon as Jared Jared Dokes got the edge, he. Threw his hands up, and you could see it live on camera. What touchdown was next? There were six in the game. That was the last touchdown. The Jared oh, touchdown. yes. That was, that was another good play. That was, that was a great, yeah, just another. You want to talk about. Great option, and he just gave it to Dell. It was a halfback. Because what? It was 28-13. SMU gets the ball off a turnover. You're thinking, oh, gosh, they're going to start some no, kind of no, no, rally no, no, here? No, 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 no. I think that was after. Yeah, Raiders what touchdown. I'm saying is, but Dokes' touchdown was the second of, which, of two that came oh. after SMU. Had a little bit of a rally mounting, but then Cincinnati's defense stonewalled them. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I remember watching the broadcast, um, and SMU was actually threatening in the red zone, and it came down to a fourth and... Do you remember? It's like a fourth I and don't, ten. Oh, you know, I think it was... It was at least like fourth and ten You know what it was? I think it was a fourth and long. It and was they, a really long And they play. got a lot of yards, but they were so backed up that they ultimately mm-hmm. didn't get the first down. Yeah, it, it, I mean, they got a pretty decent um, gain of yards on that play. It's just it was well short of, of the line to gain. Um, but you know, overall, pretty good fight from SMU. I mean, it was a great, memorable game. Thanks for the for the memories. We'll be on our way now. Um, but looking at these other rushing numbers, Jared Dokes had twenty carries for one hundred five yards. It's pretty good. That's a second straight hundred yard performance. That's a that's a great that's that's great to hear, especially when you uh, will. Especially when you look at you know two other running backs played, one of them being Jerome Ford, uh, four for twenty four, pretty good. I mean that's six yards of carry. Um, his longest was a twenty four yard run. Charles McClelland, three for five, uh, with a long of seven. By the way, now the worst part about that. Go ahead, Alex. Charles McClelland um, had surgery today on his right knee, and he will be out for the remainder of the season. He will be out for the remainder of the season, which really. I mean, to put it bluntly, it sucks because it sucks for him, but it doesn't suck for the team. I think they can. I think they can weather this out. I think they can, but I think that does suck for the team because if you suffer another injury and another running back, ooh, well, yes, it's a but, little, well, yes, that's kind of scary. But you're not going to think like that. What you're thinking is, no. okay, we have our Bell Cow and Jared Dokes. We have Jerome Ford for some agility. We have Ryan Montgomery. We can use him. But Charles McClellan, to me, um, if I mean. You can do a lot worse than losing him. No offense. No, I, I but don't a, disagree. But, but it's a shame because he's never been able to build on the, the potential that he had. His From 2018. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I, I agree. Is he a junior, senior? What is he? I think he's a junior. Okay, I think he is too. Yeah, I think he was a freshman my freshman year too. Um, unfortunate loss for the Bearcats, no doubt. Um, I, I, I hope it wasn't the same knee. I really don't because if it was It the was same not. Knee, it was the right Oh, so the last year was the left. Okay, I couldn't remember. Um, man, that's but that's bad too because then you have two bad knees. Yikes! Either way, 
Um, bad loss for the Bearcats, but I think they'll be okay for the remainder of the season. Um, pretty short season, pretty weird season. Um, go ahead and look at the receiving here. Still a season, and still a season that I mean, it could end with something really special. Yeah, it could. It, it really could. If we, if we, even if we just have a playoff berth, then that's fine. Like I think any Cincinnati fan would be content with the Bearcats going to a playoff berth. College even, football playoff. Yeah. I, I think so. I mean, well, would yes. you agree? Like, even if it was just, a, even if we had the privilege privilege of getting run over by Bama or Clemson, like, okay, we still made it to At the playoffs. We, we still proved that it's possible. Now, theoretically, hey, take, in the future, we mean, still proved. The Bearcats defense, though, can play with anybody. They're damn good defense. Pardon my French. Um, you can say damn on this. Okay, whatever. Anyway. Uh, looking at the receiving, not super impressive numbers from anybody, really. Um, Alec Pierce had the most receptions for 22 yards. Uh, his longest was a 10-yard catch. Trey Tucker had two for 24. 16 was his longest. Jay Sean Jackson had two catches for 21 yards. 19 was his longest. Michael Young, one catch for 19. Josh Wiley, two for 16 and a touchdown. And then Jordan Jones, one for 12. Uh, I could go on, but it's it's pretty small numbers. Um, fumbles, as I mentioned. Oh wait, Jerome Ford. Wait a minute. Oh, he fumbled the ball. I did, twice. I didn't. I didn't see that second fumble. Apparently, he recovered it though. Uh, Jerome Ford. Yay! Let go of the ball a couple times. Now that was one thing that you had mentioned about um, Michael Warren that I agree with is that he never dropped the ball. He maybe fumbled it like once or twice in the two in the two years that he played. Or was a starter, I should say. But generally speaking, he never let go of the ball. Ball security was like his number one, I don't want to say priority. I can't recall one time. I definitely, I know there's at least a time or two where he fumbles the ball. I can't name those times, but I, I know that there are times where he did fumble the ball. I remember what times those were. Look at this. Look at look at Jarrell White on defense. Thirteen tackles. He's averaging what eleven per game. Eleven solo tackles for this game. Now per game, I don't know what he's averaging, but I mean, look at him. He's he's having himself quite the year uh, as a senior. Um, so props to him for I mean stepping up really. I mean he took that that Brian Wright Perry Young position that middle linebacker. He took it with authority. And Joel Blanco's doing pretty darn good, too, if I, if I do say so. Uh, Kobe Bryant had uh, six total tackles. They were all solos, actually. Derek Forrest, five. Same. They were all solos. Darian Beaver, same thing as Derek Forrest. Joel DeBlanco, five tackles. Curtis Brooks, four. Also, I saw one thing that Myjay Sanders and was it Jabari Taylor? Or no, it was Curtis. Was it Curtis Brooks? I can't remember who it was. One of our two of our defensive ends have been rated as the highest graded defensive ends in the country. MyJ Sanders and Elijah Ponder. It was Ponder, yes, thank you. Two highest graded defensive ends in all of college football. That's crazy. I mean, and, that they, Sand- and they're both on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Yeah. Fun side note, MyJ Sanders stepped on my foot one time really hard. Um, thought I broke my foot. But I mean, look. Even Brody Ingles getting some, getting some. Luke Fickle said earlier numbers. this week that Myshe Sanders could play 15 years in the NFL. I think he could do. I think he's a fantastic player. I actually don't disagree. I think he's a very, he's actually very thin for a defensive line. You would look at him and be like, 
Well, I, mean, I, I think you're a well, tight he's a, end. Well, or, he's a defensive end. Defensive ends, they're not they're not as big as defensive tackles and what right. um, and but even defensive tackles are getting smaller. You notice that they're getting stronger. Well, that's how like, it is. That's how it is at every position on the defense because they're what what we're seeing is the the speed of the game has gotten so fast. Yeah. that you need speed on defense to counter it on offense. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like you look at old footage. And it feels like maybe okay, maybe not in the past twenty years, but you look at maybe the nineteen nineties, nineteen eighties. It's like fat guys blocking fat guys on <laughs> on both lines. That's really what it was. I mean, it looked like fat dudes, like like the the defensive linemen were big, fat guys. That's what they were. And the same was for the offensive linemen. But even offensive linemen are getting, they're getting stronger. They're getting more nimble because they have to be. Like you said, games getting faster. But um, overall. Really a great game from the Bearcats. I don't know that anybody was expecting this, frankly. I I, I think I certainly was not. I, I wasn't. I mean, again, like I said, it looks Maybe. like we beat the brakes off of them. And in the fourth quarter, we ended up showing off. Maybe a close win was expected, but 29 points. Largest win against a top 25 team for the Bearcats in program history. Is it really? Yes. Wow. That's I, I see. I did not know that. That was our first road win ranked against a ranked opponent since 2009. And we all know what game that was. Amen. And is this year starting to turn out that way? You know, I am scared to think that because this is not 2009. This is 2020. This is a totally different game of football. This is a totally different year. So to compare 2009 to 2020 and say that they're the same thing when we're four games into this weird as heck season... I'm not there yet. Yeah, but when the season wraps up, then we will be able to say, yes, this was very 2009 reminiscent. But to say that just because we we seemingly beat the brakes off of SMU, great win, don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I'm excited to have witnessed this game. I really am. This is one of the biggest UC games I've ever seen in my life. Um, but I just don't think we're at that point yet. Well, that's because there's still a long way to go. There is. We have quite a few games. That includes... Memphis. And that just so happens to be the next game on the schedule. Absolutely. So we'll get into that game here really quickly once I get this... Really quickly. Yeah, I spent some time on that. Do you understand? This is... This my this game to me... I was looking forward to this game... You know what I meant when I said... More so... Okay, I was looking forward to this game more than I was looking forward to last week. Because... Memphis really this isn't yes. even a ranked matchup yes this will be a great Memphis, matchup Memphis is one spot outside of the top 25 one spot oh, out, they really? outside of the top 25 and you think about the two games last year that were played between the two teams both of which were at Memphis yep and how close Cincinnati was in both those games the regular season finale and then the AAC championship game um and Given that the Bearcats on the when you watch them when you watch them on tape versus Memphis, and you wonder how the heck do they compete with Memphis? This high flying team, offensive fireworks, their defense got after it too. And yet the Bearcats were twenty five yards away from winning a conference title. Yeah, they were really close. They were very close. People forget about that. Um look at this. I think the spread what was the spread last week? Five? Five and a half? Five and a half. It was five and a half. It's six and a half now. 
and it favors the Bearcats. The over-under is 55 and a half. Take the over. Last week. Take the over. I don't know. What was considering, the last week? Considering last week. Considering what happened last week. Wasn't it 55? It was 55 exactly. And what did we hit? <laughs> 55. 55. We took the hard over, but we forgot how incredibly elite Cincinnati's defense is. Well, we didn't forget. We just didn't account for how elite they were going to well, be. Well, we didn't know how elite it was going to be even against a team like SMU. That is a good, yeah. And that's, Memphis that's is I mean. a very similar team. Uh, I will say that Memphis has more balance on offense. Yeah, I think they have more balance. I think they're more. I, I think they're also more explosive. What, what's well? What's what's their their season stats? Are they are they are they very? They average they average thirty eight points a game. They um, accrue over five hundred and forty yards a game. I don't think that their offense is the same as it was last year. It no no doubt it's good. No doubt it's good. Sean, they put up, they put up seven hundred three against UCF. 703? Yeah, that's because UCF's defense is garbage. Any team that gives away 700 yards... Or is it that Memphis is really good? No, it's that UCF's defense is actually horrible. What 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 good defense gives up 700 yards at any point? It happens... No. Good defenses don't give up 700 yards. Okay, maybe not 700. That is, that is a number I've never heard before. Truly, I've never heard that number before. <laughs> UCF's defense you know, is football clearly game. terrible. Now, that doesn't mean that Memphis's offense isn't good. Like I said, I think they are a good offense. Obviously, their, their stats show it. And they've played good teams. They rallied back against UCF. But I don't think they're the same offense they were last year because they're missing a couple of key factors. Kenneth Gainwell. Yep. And Demonte Coxie. Correct. Now, they have the potential... Don't forget about Antonio Gibson. Oh, I know. I know he's still there. Brady White no, is also Antonio still Gibson's there. Gibson's not there. Oh, Gibson's, oh yes. Gibson's, Gibson's now with the Washington football team. My mistake. Um, anywho, I, I don't know. I think this defense is, is really disruptive. I, 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 I don't want to get too overconfident because that's when fit hits the shan, for lack of a better word. Um... But personally, I just, I don't know. This defense is fantastic. It's phenomenal. I don't see Memphis scoring more than 20. If I'm going to be honest with you, I don't. I don't know. Now, the weather on Saturday is going to be beautiful. My concern is this. The decision by A.D. John Cunningham of no fans for the remainder of the season. Which really sucks. I think it's a crime. Agreed. If the Bengals are having 12,000 fans, UC could also have if high school, If high school football is having what looks almost like sold-out crowds, why can't UC have eight to 10,000 fans? I, think I dare someone answer that question. I dare 20, someone in athletics answer that question. 25% capacity is reasonable. SMU is doing it. UCF is doing it. Why can't Cincinnati? I think that's probably the dumbest thing John Cunningham has done. In his short tenure here so far, and I'm not trying—we're not trying to criticize him here. I think he's come in. I uh, know I am criticizing him here for this. Okay, but he okay for this. Yeah, for this. Yes, he came in. He has a, he had a lot of ambitions. You know, he you know, he won't say it. I hope at least that the goal is to get this this um, athletic program back into a Power Five conference. Back into a Power Five conference. Uh, oh, okay. Well, the Big East was a power conference. Not a power five conference, though. Whatever. Okay, into a power five conference, whatever. 
or into a conference that's better than the American. That's the thing about this matchup. These two teams are too good for the American. I agree. I think us, UCF, and Memphis, and potentially Houston. UCF has lost to Tulsa back-to-back years. Okay. Houston. What have they done the last two years? I mean, I don't know. They, they. I remember 2016. They had a really good. Yeah, that really was great four year. years ago. Okay. Your point. Then they were maybe. We were garbage that year too, and 17. No. Hell, we haven't been good since. God, I would argue 2011. That was really the last great year of UC football. I would argue. And we're and then well, this year's gonna this year's gonna top that. Oh, I agree. You hope it is. You hope it is. But the thing is, is like this is another game, another week that you can't overlook in this conference. You have to, um, you know, take it one game at a time. Agreed. And this is a game that it's unfortunate that there's no fans in the stands. When the schedule came out, Sean, what game did you look at and say, "Aha, that's the game I'm most looking forward to." Are you asking me personally what yes. I it was, or are you trying to give an answer to a specific team? Well, I think I'll give you my answer. Well, I know what your answer is. This, this game, this, this game, game on Saturday, yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree. I, I, I frankly, I probably did think the same thing. Um, actually, you're talking about when the schedule was readjusted. When the schedule came out back in February. When before, it came out, oh, Nebraska. Before, before, actually, Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. They were going to kill Nebraska. You don't know that. I do know that. No, you don't. They would have beaten them. I, I do ne- would think Nebraska's overrated. Given given a full they are crowd, overrated. Given a full crowd at Nebraska, are you sure about that? Yes, I think it would. I been think a, I'm confident they would have won too. It would, it would have been a dogfight, but I would have taken UC. I'm confident they would have won too, but you just never know. You you really don't. No, you don't. Okay, but I, I Nebraska was the game because I first of all Nebraska is a historic. I mean, it's True. a shrine to football. Yes. Let's call it what it is. I mean, they sold out every game since, what, 1970-whatever? That's amazing. It's incredible. Man, they haven't been good the last few you know, years. You're saying that, like, you wouldn't want to see that? Well, I would, but, like, okay, yes, I would. But this game, to me, it was going to be your nip at night, Halloween, blackout, red out, lights on, college game day may have come here. Because here's the thing. Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Ohio State were all off. When the under the original pre-COVID okay, really college point. football schedule, all those teams were off. The only other game I could have seen college game to go into was Florida Georgia. Oh, and, that week, yeah. And if they would have gone there, which they haven't forbid the SEC always gets what they want, um, if they would have gone there, which would have been a very distinct possibility, we still could have been the Saturday night game of the week on ABC. Sure. Instead, we're now a noon game on ESPN. It, 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 I'm going to say right now, it's straight garbage. What do you mean? This this is this should not be a noon game. I see what you mean. And this I should not be a noon game. This is... The, we're number seven. Memphis is one spot outside the top 25. I understand. And this game can't be at least a 7 o'clock game on ESPN 2. I'd rather have it that than a noon game on ESPN. I humbly disagree. Because I had plans. Well, that's your personal. Correct. And that's your personal. My personal, though, is for the betterment of everybody. 
Is it though? Yes. Okay. I don't know about that. This was supposed to be the prime time matchup that we all looked forward to. Yes, yeah. but I was gonna I was gonna happen. book a hotel room downtown at the Hilton with cigars in in, in my bedroom. College game news gonna be on Fountain Square. We were gonna get up and go party down It'll there. Be on Fountain Square. Okay. Either, be found either that or at Sigma Sigma Commons. Or McMicken. Yeah, they could have held it there. Well, they would have held it downtown, which they did last year at Memphis. They held it in downtown. Oh, that was Beale Street, though. I mean... Well, we have Fountain Square. That's true, but I don't know. I feel we like also we, have the, we also have the banks, the riverfront. I feel like you would do it on UC's campus, though. I don't know. That's, that's, that's something that future college game day will have to do, hopefully. Maybe when UCF day. comes here next year. Yeah, we'll see. Or, potentially, what if, you see Notre Dame. Ooh. Ooh. What if that's... What if Notre Dame is ranked in the top five next year? And let's say we're ranked in the top 15. I don't know. What, what game of the year is that? Is that number one or two or three? It's four. It's four? Okay. <laughs> By that time, we could be ranked in the top 15, and they could be ranked in the top five or top three. Imagine that. Now, I don't know what other games are that weekend. I'm not going to look into that yet. But that If that's even out. <laughs> what do you mean? If the schedule's even out and we know who's playing who. That's true. But either way, I think we kind of got a little off track. Um, so the spread here is 6.5 favoring Cincinnati. The over-under is 55.5. You're taking over? That spread scares me. It I scares me. last week, but it uh, scares that doesn't me. scare me as Cincinnati much. Cincinnati at 6.5. Oh, the spread. I'm sorry. Here's the I'm thing. The Here's the thing that concerns me. This is a game that Cincinnati should win. Agreed. They know how close they were against this team last year. This game is here in Cincinnati. But will they play down to the level of the atmosphere like they did against USF? That's uh, yeah. It's, uh, in it's a really game that question. you should win, the Bearcats have everything to lose in this game. Memphis has nothing Agreed. to lose. Yeah. Memphis is within striking. Well, no, no, they do because if they lose, then their driver's seat in the American is potentially gone. Memphis, yeah. Well, yes, but they're not in there now. Well, the, right. Bear, the Bearcats are in it now. I mean, who? There's no more. There's no more undefeated teams besides Cincinnati in the conference, right? Yeah. Okay. Correct. But I think they do have something to lose. I completely disagree with that statement. Well, I think you always have something to lose. You know, technically. Yeah, but I would. I mean, you're saying it like they. Really I'm saying. Have. I'm saying there's more pressure on Cincinnati to win this game. No, I mean there definitely. There's no doubt. I mean, 100. percent You're number seven in the country. There's literally no doubt that there's more pressure on you. It's a home game. There's high expectations. There's all kinds of things. There's no doubt. Um. I mean, the spread last week was very similar, but look at how that game turned out. I'm just saying it's possible. It is. It is scary the possibilities with Cincinnati sports, but. We've talked. We've had that discussion many just, times. I, I mean, look at us. We've got we've got almost as many points per game as Memphis. And then look at our points allowed per game compared to theirs. Twelve point five. Thirty three, for Memphis. Twelve point five for us. I mean, those stats alone are very promising. And the defense was the was the part of the ball or the side of the ball that kept the Bearcats in the game in the two games last year. The defense is not the part that I worry about. The defense has never I never worried I been the part that I worried last about. Last year going into the Memphis game, what was the concern? Desmond Ritter. If he played in the first game, they would have gotten killed. Yeah. 
My biggest fear, I, I remember Zach and I were talking after the Temple game in the broadcast booth. I said, we're losing 45-14 with that performance. Memphis was coming off a win where they beat USF 49-10 with five first downs allowed. Five. Yeah. They, they had a great game that, that, that time. They really did. Somehow Cincinnati scored 24 in the first game. Yeah. Um, score predictions? Want to go first? Do you? I don't know if I don't know if you want to hear what I'm about to say. I don't. I'm not gonna let you influence my decision like you did last week, and I'm never gonna let it happen again. Well, then don't. I, I, I'm not. That's why I'm gonna go first now. From okay. now on, I'm All going right, first. Go first. All right. Considering how well the defense played last week, and this is this is just based off the numbers. This isn't taking into account possibilities. That's too hard to do. Um. I think. Final score, man, give me Cincinnati 45, Memphis 18. Golly. Give me that. Sheesh. Give me it. You think we're going to blow them out by 27? Did you think we were going to blow out uh, SMU by 29? Are you basing your prediction off of last week then? Yes. Okay. Very much so. Well, listen. I mean, Memphis and SMU are very similar teams. Yeah, but I think Memphis is better. I would agree with I that. I think Memphis is the more balanced team. I would agree. Defensively, they're not. Defensively, they're not very good. I will and that's say why, that. And that's why I'm pretty confident about this game. Defensively, we are good. I don't know. I I. Who has Memphis really? Played? I wonder if the Bearcats were running on adrenaline against SMU last week. I I really think the the no fans and. The atmosphere is going to affect Cincinnati on Saturday. I, I think it will. And when you... I don't know if they'll be up... I think they should be up for this game. You should not... Sorry, any Bearcats fan, if you can't get up for this game, you, you're, you're, not, you're not your fan. Agreed. If you can't get up every single year for Memphis in football and in basketball, sorry. But I'm just not confident. Memphis will win 34-24. Wow, you are a terrible score predictor. You know what? Um, you know what? If I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, what should I? What should I have to do, or what will I allow you to do if I'm wrong? I don't know. That sounds like your ultimatum. I don't know, Sean. I mean, I'm trying to. This is, I, this I, is, I, I didn't I didn't prompt you to do this. This is on you. I know it's on me. Sometimes I this is what I think. Okay, um, we're we're two. So so we've covered the Bearcat. Um, there's some basketball news. Um, yesterday the AAC preseason media coaches poll were or was released. Houston was picked to win the American Athletic Conference. Cincinnati was picked to finish fourth. Keith Williams was named to the AAC preseason first team, becoming the sixth Bearcat in the last, or the sixth Bearcat since the inception of the American Athletic Conference to be named to the AAC preseason first team, while Chris Vogt was named to the second team. Oh, uh, wait, actually, really quickly, more college football news. Um, Alex, you brought this up. Uh, Trevor Lawrence tested positive. Also, Wisconsin's having an outbreak, and so is Florida. Florida's having another one? Florida's having another one, Oh, yeah. my gosh. Or it's a continuation okay, of the one Okay, but here's, that here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. 
But that was just really quick. Here's the thing. No, no, no. I want to expand on this. We can talk about all these outbreaks going on in college football. This is the problem, okay? There's more positive cases because there's more testing. And when there's more players on a team, there's more likely that one player or more is going to have coronavirus or is going to test positive. The reason why the NFL has been, for the most part, outside of a few outbreaks here and there, successful is because there's a max of 53 players per roster. In college, there's double that. So that creates more of an opportunity, that creates more of a possibility for positive tests. It's very simple. Yeah. I, I understand. So, so when we look at Florida, and I'm, I, 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 and I'm not sure of the situation, but I'm willing to bet that these players are probably all asymptomatic, which makes you wonder where they could have, where they could have contracted the coronavirus. I mean, I, I know of someone who hardly went out, wore a mask, wore gloves, did everything, still got it. Hung around five people. Okay, you're going to get it. Here's the problem I have. The problem is when someone gets COVID, they're perceived as this bad guy, this devil, this... That's not true. I disagree. Okay, but they're immediately isolated. Yes, because like, we want to I, I, I understand that. But I like, mean, do you want it? No. Well, then I... I'm not worried about it, but I don't want it. Right, exactly. So if, if you saw, if someone, if there but, is someone I, I, but, in a but, house. But literally, as soon as you test positive, you're gone. Pretty much. Like, you can't even, you can't even speak. You can't even say, well, you know, I'll see you guys later. No, you literally have to, uh, God forbid, walk a certain way out the door and go isolate yourself. I mean, this is, now, with the case of Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah, because you don't know who you're going to spread it to. No, but this is. I mean, this is the best player in college football, which comes after a report comes out this week that he um, is leaving the door open to staying at Clemson next year. I think he should. I wouldn't want to go to the Jets. Especially at, who who would want to go to the Jets? Literally nobody. Ha! No one ever said, please trade me to the Jets. Except maybe Le'Veon Bell, but... <laughs> he did. Uh, and, anywho, now he, and now he's gone. Anywho... Um, he might miss the Clemson-Notre Dame game next week. I think he will because... Did he test positive today? He, he found out... Yes, Because that's well, that's well within the 10-day range the of ACC, how long you're supposed to quarantine. The ACC requires that you isolate for 10 days. Well, that's. I think that's smart. I think the Big Ten rule, Big Ten's rule is stupid. 21. Because scientifically, after 10 days, after 10 days of having symptoms, you are no longer infectious. That is statistically true. Ten days after you start showing symptoms, you are no longer infectious. You can no longer spread the virus, at least as well. So then why is the Big Ten having 21? Because the Big Ten's stupid. Big Ten, they waited too long, and there's no flexibility in their schedule. Just Especially when you off. make a player isolate for 21 days. And the earliest Wisconsin's head coach can come back is November 7th. That is so dumb. I'm sorry. They might as well get mad. They might as well write off their season. I'm sorry, but the Big Ten is the dumbest conference in college football, period. The end. Can't change my mind. Um, Okay, uh, moving on, moving on. Where were we? We were talking about basketball. Yes. uh, So, some exciting news in basketball. Yeah, we mentioned Williams and Vogt being named to their preseason first teams. Yeah. Uh, Some interesting things. Chris Vogt actually played, what was it again? With a torn labrum. Torn labrum. Yeah. Impressive. Still not convinced on him. Frankly, I, th- I kind of was when we played against Ohio State. I thought he had an okay game. 
against Ohio State. There were games to be won early in the season because of Chris Vogt. I don't disagree with that, but I don't know. I, I, I would, points multiple times. I would have to go back and look. I frankly, I don't remember. that. 2020 has been a blur. But um, <laughs> That's an understatement. Yeah, correct. Uh, Keith Williams made a comment about uh, uh, Mike Saunders that if you blink, he's at the rim commenting on his speed. Um, we haven't had a lot of those guards. Yeah, I, I think he'll... I, and John Brandon mentioned that this is a very exciting freshman class. That this freshman class has a lot of potential. And I, I, I frankly am psyched about this freshman class. Well, the Madsen brothers, Saunders, Eason. I think that's it. Just the four of them. That's a, that's a darn good recruiting class. For John Brandon, for a second-year head coach, that is one heck of a recruiting think class. Think about the two off-seasons that John Brandon has had. First season when he comes in as head coach, he's got players transferring. Um, he's got a little bit of drama Jaren, with Jaron Cumberland. Cumberland in the NBA draft process, and then this year he's got a pan. He's got a global pandemic that isolates everybody, and he puts together this recruiting class and brings in two impact transfers. They're going to be playing this year, David DeJulius and Rapolis. Exciting, yes, cool. and then Rapolis Ivanowskis. Who couldn't miss against us against in the second half of the Colgate game last year? Hopefully that's a good thing this year. Hopefully that. I hope. Hopefully that translates. We'll see. It's amazing that the resiliency and the work ethic and the commitment that John Brandon has brought in the two off seasons that we've had. I think John Brandon is probably one of the most Cincinnati coaches ever. What do you, why do you say that? I don't know. I think he's committed. I think he's very much a Cincinnati guy. He's from this area. I, he played for NKU, didn't he? He played for Marshall. Played for Marshall. Either way, I'm pretty sure he's from here. Coached at NKU. Came here. I think, I think John... Br- like You look at what he did, the deals he tried to make with Travis Steele in regards to the uh, Crosstown shootout with Xavier... He offered Travis Steele like four different offers. They were some of them were crazy and radical. Like one of them was like two crosstown shootouts in the same year. That's a lot of conies. Yeah, that's that's what he said. That was one of the comments he made. And <laughs> it's, I mean, he offered him some crazy things that would be cool. I think it'd be really cool to see a, a two time a year crosstown shootout for a one year thing. Oh, I think I'd that'd be really it. cool. I'd love As it. an annual thing, absolutely not. But for a one-time year, I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, basketball, I've, I've never been more excited for a basketball season to start. I truly have it. I think I am, this is I, probably the most excited, maybe freshman year, but this is probably the most excited I've been due to the pandemic and no March Madness, all that stuff. I wish I was like you because I, I, I'm still like a little weary about all the uncertainty that, you know, you don't know what it's going to look like and... You know, who you're going to be playing in the non-conference, what games are going to remain. Louisville's already been pushed back next year. The Crosstown shootout may... I'm good with that, because then I can go with it. Yeah, the Crosstown shootout may, may not have fans, which I, which, I think is, which I think would be stupid. I think you can make a... Uh, could, I mean, I understand the environment we live in, but can't you make a, a one-day exception where you can have a sold-out crowd for the Crosstown shootout? Mm-hmm. Would be very frowned out, frowned upon. I, I, well, I frankly yes, don't agree. Yes, with that. Anthony Fauci would be frowned. Would be frowning. I frankly on. don't agree with a full sold out crowd, especially with all the screaming. I mean, I, that's yeah, correct. I mean, that's that's more of a reason to not do it. And then you, 
I mean, then you potentially, you know, violate the bubbles and players and whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, are we, is that everything on basketball that we got? Um, Any other comments? Concerns? Women's basketball, Amari, Tom, Amari Thomas was named a preseason, co-preseason player of the year. Gotta show some the women's basketball team some love. They've had some. They've had. Okay, two I will years. give Michelle Clark under, love. Under Michelle Clark heard. What Michelle she's Clark done. What she's love. done with that program is unbelievable. I agree. I mean, frankly, I think it was exciting. I mean, you look at who Mike Bone hired. I mean, God, he was great. Um, left, granted, he spent a lot of money. But left that left the athletic program in a good place. No, he really did. I think he really did. Scott Go- Scotty Gooks was a good hire. Luke Fickle, um, John Brannon. And uh, Michelle Clark, her, I mean, look at that lineup. It's, it's uh, yeah, in the four major sports, he's, I mean, he he's really doing well. Yep. All right, moving into uh, just some college, college games, uh, notable college games coming up this weekend. I'll mention any top twenty-five games that are coming in. Uh, number one, Clemson taking on Boston College again. Clemson will not have Trevor Lawrence. However, we will get to see Clemson's backup. Who was a five star? Don't remember his Ewa name. Ewa Galali, I think. DJ Ewa Galali, something like it's, that. It's a crazy last name, yeah. Uh, that will be on ABC. That is in Clemson. Looks like it's going to be some uh, rather nice weather. That is at noon. Uh, also at noon, number five Georgia taking on Kentucky on the SEC Network. That is uh, that is at Kentucky. Give me Georgia. Um, Michigan State, Michigan. Ooh. I mean, Michigan State's pretty garbage. Don't, they lost to Rutgers. So. Yeah, yeah. Luke, Fickle made a, Luke Fickle made a good decision back in February. I mean, the reason I'm excited for this game is because of 2015. 2015 was a good match. I watched that game live, okay? I'm just saying. That's on Fox. That is at noon. That is in Michigan. Michigan, that is in Ann Arbor, I Gus should say. Johnson will be calling that game. Eh, I'm not huge on Gus Johnson. I am. I've never been. Uh, 16, Kansas <laughs> State is traveling to West Virginia, headed to Morgantown on ESPN2. That's also at noon. Number 20, Coastal Carolina. God, you know it's a weird year when Coastal Carolina is number 20. Uh, 12 p.m. on ESPNU, taking on Georgia State. That is in Atlanta. Uh, Kansas and Kansas State. Give me, oh my God, give me Kansas State. I, I thought Les Miles was going to do something this year, but <laughs> even he's in done, the pandemic he's done year, he's done a goose egg. Uh, 12, just on 12 p.m., S- uh, FS1. And that is in Lawrence, Kansas. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's in Kansas. Duh. My mistake. Uh, number four, Georgia traveling to Georgia Tech, 3.30 on ABC. Number 17, Indiana just recently moved into the rankings after their first big win in a very first long time. First win over an AP Top 10 team since 1987. Ronnie Reagan was president, if you believe it. He was. was 13 years away from being born. Uh, I was 11. Indiana taking on Rutgers this weekend. Rutgers undefeated. Give me Rutgers in an upset. I, I want to. I, don't know I if, wouldn't be shocked. I don't know if Indiana can handle that being a, ranked after a big win like that. We'll see. Uh, this might be a breakout year for Indiana. They weren't bad last year. Um, that is in Rutgers. Texas taking on sixth-ranked Oklahoma State. Could Texas upset Oklahoma State like Oklahoma State did when Texas was number six? Just a couple. Of I years remember ago. that. I'll say no. This is in Stillwater. I also agree. I think Chuba Hubbard's going to run all over them. I don't think Sam Ellinger is going to have a... 
super outstanding. I think game. you'll have a good day. It's the Big 12. You can always have a big offensive day. That's but. a good point. That is 4 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. Uh, number 25, Boise State, freshly moved into the rankings, is taking on Air Force. That is 6 p.m. on CBS Sports Network uh, at the U.S. Air Force Academy. Mississippi State taking on number two Alabama at 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. That is in Tuscaloosa. And the game of the week, really, um, if you're not a UC fan, Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, game day will be there. It's a 7.30 kickoff. ABC, that is at Beaver Stadium. God, it's going to be weird. That's, there's not going to be a whiteout there. I'll take Ohio State in that game. I, you know, I'm yeah, I will too. After, I mean, after I lost to Indiana, even if it's on a questionable call, Still, give me give me Ohio State. I think they're gonna smoke Penn State like a cigarette. Anyway, um, <laughs> Arkansas on. taking on Texas A and M. That is at College Station, seven thirty on the SEC Network. By the way, every team in the SEC is ranked in the top ten. Or, or I'm sorry, every ranked SEC team is in the top ten. Let me make that clear. Uh, number ten, Florida taking on Missouri at home. 7.30 Eastern Time on the SEC Network. ALT alternate, I guess. Interesting. Uh, number 22, SMU. Taking on Navy. 3 and 3 Navy. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN2. That is in Dallas. North Carolina taking on Virginia at 8 o'clock on the ACC Network. Number 24, Oklahoma. Taking on Texas Tech at 8 in Lubbock. BYU taking on Western Kentucky. 10:15. Wow, God, that's a late start time. No, thank you. Um, that is in. That is at BYU rather. And Wisconsin taking on Nebraska was canceled, uh, probably because of Wisconsin's COVID case outbreak. So that's a little bit disappointing. Uh, and the last ranked matchup, number 19, Marshall taking on Florida International. That's been postponed. Has been postponed. I lied. Better than canceled. That is much better than canceled. I mean. Wisconsin's out. They're done. I mean, they're not getting in the playoff. They're not cancel getting, one game. They're not getting in the playoff. They might as well cancel the remainder of the season. If Ohio State has a COVID outbreak, they are screwed. Period. Any Big Ten yeah. team that has a COVID outbreak is screwed. Yeah, 100%. and one team already has had it. Yep. So uh, Pac-12 is in the same boat. Although I, they're, they're I'm hoping I don't. I'm not gonna wish bad on Ohio State. I don't want them to get COVID. No. You don't want anyone to but get But that is a scary reality for them, um, no doubt. Scary reality. But it benefits us. It does. Same for the Pac-12. Pac-12 as well. Um, though the only frontrunner they really have is Oregon. That's about it. And they're not even that much of a frontrunner. <sighs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. We're moving into high school ball now. Uh, this past weekend, Medina defeated St. Ignatius. A little bit shocking. Uh, Medina came came in as an eight seed, defeating Cleveland St. Ignatius, who's a powerhouse. Uh, they were a five seed this year. Final score of that game was 33-26. They will be taking on Mentor. Mentor winning over Brunswick. Mentor was a two is a two seed. Uh, no surprise there. They won 37 to 21. So they will be taking on Medina, and the winner will go to the state semifinal. Moving over to the second region, Powell Olentangy Liberty defeated Dublin Kaufman. Dublin Kaufman was a one seed. Final score was 18 to 15. Now, I believe there probably was bad weather involved. Potentially. I'm not sure, but potentially. Uh, so 
Liberty will be taking on Springfield. Springfield defeated Clayton Northmount. They were a two seed. Springfield was a three seed. I think I actually picked Springfield. I think we picked Springfield for that game. I think we did too. So winner of that game, again, we'll go to the state semifinal. Region three now. Uh, Pickerington Central, this is Columbus. Pickerington Central will be taking on Westerville Central. Pick Central beat Hilliard Good Bradley. Good God. 34 to seven. That'll be a great, that might be a great game. Wow. Westerville Central beat <laughs> New Albany 50 to seven. Huge yikes. They never like to see that in the playoffs. And of course, Cincinnati, Lakota West, the one seed taking on the three seed St. X. Elder getting absolutely crushed in the second half, 56 to 28. Uh, frankly, I wasn't disappointed. I kind of foresaw that. I mean, you heard me pick St. X last week. Um, so unfortunately, Elder is now out. St. X will be taking on Lakota West. I think that'll be a fantastic game. Give me St. X. I might try to watch that game. Uh, we will see. Um, of course, Lakota West defeated Colerain. Final score of that game was 23-7. I agree. Give me St. X. And that, that must, does it for high school it ball. must kill you to say that name. I, you know, kind of. Kind of. Who do you hate the most as an elder grad? Mm, that's hard. Like, what GCL school do you, like, dislike the most? That's really hard. Because it's either St. X or LaSalle. Still don't like Moeller at all. Don't get me wrong, but I really don't know. Um, God, man, you can't make me pick between the two of them. <laughs> I just can't. It's impossible. It's hard. It's it really is impossible. I mean, I I can't. It's like picking between who do we hate more, Ohio State or Xavier. Well, that I think that's an easy answer, Xavier. I mean, yeah, I think Xavier might be the answer there, but like, still, that's hard. Here's the other question. What ring or rings are you going to wear to the game on Saturday? Yes. That's, that's the answer you gave me yesterday, uh, on Tuesday, guys. Yes. So we'll yes. find out. Just yes. We'll go with that. Uh, anyway, um, I know you don't want to talk a lot about this, but the Bengals are back in action Sunday. Again. L. Sorry. No sad uh, Well, I mean, okay. The Titans are a good team. We know that. Derrick Henry's a he's built different. Took a loss to the Steelers. I was shocked. I was too, but I'm not. The Steelers are a good football team. Very physical. They have a great defense. Um, the Titans, their defense is, I mean, where the Bengals can play with them is by putting points on the board. Well, I mean, that's any in three In three of the six games the Titans have played this season, they've given up 30-plus points. Those three games came against Jacksonville, Minnesota, and Houston, who have a combined three wins. So the Titans have played better against better competition. Just saying. Now, if the Bengals can't stop the Browns, how in the holy hell are they going to stop the Titans? They're not. I think the Bengals will put up points, but the Titans will come away in the end 33-30. Here's why. The Titans are going to have a balanced attack on offense. And oh, the absolutely! Are not going to be ready for it. Period. The end. If they can't be ready for now, the, the Bengals, could respond on offense. Maybe I don't know. I, don't I think know. Joe Burrow threw for four hundred six yards on Sunday. I think. I think potentially it could be a back and forth battle. Joe Burrow third in NFL passing yards. Yeah, I, I'm excited about that. Uh, Joe Burrow is another reason I root for the Bengals. No offense. I don't hate the Bengals. I'm not. I'm not not a fan of the Bengals. They're just fun to laugh at. Because until they get their you know what together, I'm not. I'm not really going to. I down. believe me. I've been a fan my whole life. Not sure how you pull it off. I really don't. I don't know either. My mental sanity has left the building. Or has left me completely. Should have left you after that. Well, you weren't born yet. But that second Super Bowl. 
Anyway, <laughs> no, I mean, Philly lost two Super Bowls and they still ended up winning one. Yeah, but they didn't win it in a sense. Buffalo lost five. four straight. That's Their fan base still exists. Yeah, they're way more loyal. That is true. I mean, they're they're far more loyal. Man, I would kill to be part of the Bills Mafia for a day. I think that'd be fun. Be scary. I'd be intimidated, but it'd be kind of fun. I'm not gonna lie. I'd love to see a guy crash through a table. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that would hurt. And break his back, probably. But okay. Um, anything else that we have not hit on yet? No. I I, I believe we have touched on everything. Okay. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, tune in on noon. At noon, rather, in historic Nippert Stadium, me and Alex will have the call along with Zach Freeze. Be sure to tune in if you like. If not, game's always on ESPN. You can watch it there. Cincinnati will be taking on Memphis. First, this is this is like the first time Cincinnati's played in the top 10 at Nippert Stadium as a top 10 ranked team. In 11 years. In 11 years. This is another historic game. Yeah, you see. I never thought on. about that. And Pressure is on. Pressure is on. It's so, on every game. It's only time will tell. See if the Bearcats can hold up. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. I'm Sean McMahon, Alex Frank. Be sure to tune in on Saturday, and go Cats. Yep.